Fear does not stand a chance when we stand in God's love. You guys, that, that is just a truth about love. We all know this, that love is actually more powerful than fear. That's just a true thing about love. Here's another thing, though, about love that's true. And that is, um, when something good happens to me, I, like, I enjoy it. But when something good happens to someone I love, it's like that multiplies 100 times. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I, I love to travel. And I remember when Susie and I made the decision, it's like, man, we are going to take our kids to Europe. And so we planned for this thing for five years, started putting money away to do that. I was so excited. But I want to tell you, telling our kids and seeing their response and the whole trip, it was their joy that actually increased my joy. Here's where I'm going to take you today. This is where we're going to go by the time we leave. I want you and I to believe at the core of our being that your joy, your greatest joy, is actually somebody else's joy. Your greatest joy is somebody else's joy. So we just sang that song, right? There's power in the name of Jesus, resurrection power. Well, that's what this series is. We're calling it Unlimited. And we've been looking at, we just kicked it right off with Easter, because the same spirit, the scripture tells us, that rose Jesus from the dead, that is incomparably, immeasurably great power. That same spirit is living inside of us. That we actually have that power through the Holy Spirit. So we're looking at the book of Acts, chapter 2. Last week, Mike took us through the, the, when Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit actually came upon. And it came upon all people. It was for everybody. And when we saw that, that when that happened, it was an, an expansion that took place. And today, what we're going to see is when, when this power of the Holy Spirit comes on a group of people, when it comes on a person, you have power to share boldly. You will have power to share boldly, and that's what I want to share with you. Because you share boldly when your greatest joy is somebody else's joy. So in 1 John chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, this was true for John. Look at what he says. He says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. So right there. See, John's bold. He's like, I want all of you to know this. We have proclaimed to you what we have seen and heard, so that, here's the reason, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship was the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. See, right there, John's like, this is good, you guys. We're experiencing the presence of God. Fellowship is not cookies and ice cream and, and coffee after church, okay? Fellowship means you're sharing in the very life of God. He goes, this is good. So I'm proclaiming it to you. And then look what he says in verse 4. And we write this to make our joy complete. I love how the message says it. Eugene Peterson, he says this. Our motive for writing is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. And your joy will double our joy. You guys, your greatest joy is somebody else's joy. It was true for Paul. Look at this, 1 Thessalonians 2. He says, for what is our hope, our joy or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes. Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. 
See, Paul, all he was like, he goes, I can't wait for that day when Jesus comes back and I get connected with him and we go into eternity together. He goes, you know what my joy is going to be? It's going to be that you're there with me. That's my greatest joy, Paul was saying. It's somebody else's joy. And you know what's so cool? Is this was true for Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says this. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, I, I believe with all my heart, Jesus, the joy set before him, every person who walks through the gates into heaven, into God's presence, you know that's Jesus' greatest joy. And so it should be ours too. And that's why, you guys, fear doesn't have a chance when we stand in God's love because love's greatest joy is somebody else's joy. Now, when we celebrate these baptisms today, you guys, this was it. And, and like Kaz said, man, I got to be present with him. And one of these steps that God was taking, it was, it was unbelievable. It was like watching scales fall from his eyes one after another as he just started to understand the beauty of God's grace and the complete gift that he's given him. And I, I know in a group of this size, some of you have still not made that decision to put your faith in Christ and I just want to encourage you, there is no greater joy than having Jesus come inside of you. It's really true. But once you have that, all you can have inside of you is the desire to have somebody else experience it too. Now let me just say something. For all of you in here who are followers of Christ, who are Christians, I know something about you. I know something about every one of you. Somebody told you about Jesus. Somebody told you, think, think for a moment right now, who's the person who actually was bold enough, courageous enough, loved you enough to share the good news with you? Think about who that person was. Are you not eternally grateful for that person who shared the good news with you? You know, in Romans chapter 10, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. But then it says, but how can they call on somebody? How can they call on him if they don't believe in him? And then it says, and how will they believe in him unless they hear about him? And, what, and how will they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how, would he, how will anybody tell them unless they're sent? And then it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Can I ask you a question? How beautiful are your feet today? <laughs> Apparently not very. <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously, like when the summer comes and all I wear are sandals, everybody's like, oh God, Nelson, please put your shoes back on. All right. It, it, it's not a beautiful. But how beautiful are your feet? Because here's what else. I know something else about every one of you who actually is a follower of Jesus and the Holy Spirit's living inside of you. I know this about you. You actually want to share the good news with the people you love. You do want to. Because you know your greatest joy will be their joy. But my guess is that most of us in the room today are struggling to share boldly. Can I, amen? Yeah. We struggle to share the best news on the planet. And so we need help. And here we go, you guys. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Here's what Jesus, listen, 
This is my prayer for you, that you'll just hear the sweet voice of Jesus today who loves you so much. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will. And you know what's cool? He said that to these guys. He said, you will, and you will be. And you know what happened? They did, and they were. They did receive the Holy Spirit, and they did receive power, and they were his witnesses. And guess what? Come on now. Now, if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, here's what's true about you. You have received the same Spirit. And so we are. We are his witnesses. And by the way, what's a witness? A witness is simply someone, right? If you get called to the witness stand, it's because you witnessed something. You actually are an eyewitness. So a witness is simply someone who says, I've seen this. I've heard this. I've experienced this. And if you are a follower of Jesus, that's true about you. You have a story to tell. And you just get to share. When you're a witness, you share your story. But a witness can also be, right, someone who knows something. And so part of our witness is we don't just share our story. We also share what we know. Like Cods did, even just in his short little five-minute testimony there, he goes, I get it now. It's not about what I have to do to please God. He did it all for me. And so you get to share with that. That's being a witness. Now, last week, Mike Rutledge did a great job explaining to us Pentecost and what happened. And part of what was beautiful in that day is Pentecost, again, was a celebration where Jews were coming from all around the globe to celebrate this, and then as people came from all nations, tribes, and languages to this one place, God fills the people with the power of the Holy Spirit, and they speak in these people's languages. And I'm going to quote Mike, because he said it so well last week. He said, it was, a, it was this whole receiving of the supernatural ability, in, in, in any type of ability that God gives us. He said, it was about me receiving power to do something I cannot do on my own, that would revolutionize the world. See, this unlimited power, you guys, that God gives us, it's so that it'll flow through us to others. And so I often think about Peter, because I love what Mike said. It's something I can't do on my own. And even as I said, how many of us are struggling to share boldly? Almost everybody, you could just hear in this room, that's, that's, that's me. Okay, then it's something you can't do on your own. Now, I don't know about you guys, if anybody could have shared boldly on his own, don't you think it would have been Peter? If you guys read the Bible at all, Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, and he was the brash, bold one, right? He was the one always stepping out and saying stuff. In fact, there's that beautiful place where Jesus just tells all of his disciples, hey, you guys, guess what? Just so you know, you're all going to deny me and just scatter and leave me. And what does Peter say? Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Right? He believed. He had deep conviction. He was determined. He wanted to do it. He was determined to do it. And then what happened? And then fear. Fear overtook him, and he couldn't do it. And the next thing you know, he's with all of his brothers hiding in fear. And I want to take you to Acts chapter 2, verse 36, because after so Peter, as much as he wanted to, he couldn't. And I just want to encourage you today. If you're trusting your ability 
to be able to share boldly with your friends and your coworkers and your neighbors this really good news, but you find yourself going, I can't do it. You're in good company. Because you're like Peter. But when Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, you know what happened? This guy who was afraid, it says he stood up, he raised his voice, and he addressed the crowd. And here's what he said. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. How's that for a gentle, kind message? And, and actually, if you read it beforehand, I mean, it's even stronger. Here's the guy who was scared to death, literally. Now, filled with the Holy Spirit, and you guys, what, this is really important to understand, what changed about Peter? He was the same man, except now he had the spirit of Jesus Christ living inside of him. And it empowered him to share boldly. Look what it says. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hey, can I just, for all of you here, if you're here and you're wondering if there's a God, you're wondering how you could get connected to him, if you're wondering if there is a power of life with God, the answer is yes. And when you hear the message week after week here, at any point, you can put your faith in him. Repent means change your mind. Instead of you running your own life, you let Christ run your life. And you get baptized, and then you actually receive forgiveness of all of your sin, and you receive the Holy Spirit. God's presence is available to everyone. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. He goes on, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. How's that sound? <laughs> now, was that a joy fest? Holy crow, can you imagine the joy that was going on? Listen, you guys. At K2, our mission is to invite and to equip everyone to live out the adventure of following Jesus Christ. Now, when you followed somebody back then, you were called a disciple. And that's why our, our vision is that we want to be a church that makes disciples. And so what that means is, is if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've received him, the whole point is that your spirit is now supposed to be united with Jesus' spirit so that li he lives in us, he transforms us, we actually live like Christ. That's what a disciple is. And that's where we, we're equipping you. So all of you who are Christians in here, today, my desire is to teach you this reality about the Holy Spirit and that when he comes upon you, Jesus, Jesus, listen, the one you love and who fo you follow, who lives inside you, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. 
And that's why at the very end of his life, he said these two things. He said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Every one of you who are a follower of Jesus. Remember how beautiful are the feet of those? Because who are sent and you're sent. And then he said, and all authority in heaven and on earth has been, listen to this, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says, and therefore, since I have the authority, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you a question. If, when you receive Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit, and if Jesus tells us, and then you'll have power, and you'll be my witnesses, and if the one that we all say we love and that we follow says, just as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And if Jesus says, I have all authority, and therefore I'm telling you, go and make disciples. Why is it that we don't go and that we don't share and we aren't his witnesses? That's the first thing that we need to understand today so that we can actually, on this day, I want to encourage all of us who are filled with the Holy Spirit to actually repent, to actually change our mind. And one of the first things we have to change about our mind is we have to believe that Jesus is living inside of us and he loves the world. He loves everybody on this planet and he wants to empower us to share. So why don't we? When our greatest joy, don't forget this, when our greatest joy is somebody else's joy. Here's five things, five reasons why we don't share boldly. You guys already know these because it's why we don't do it, but let me just share them with you. Number one, because we're afraid, amen? We're, a, we're afraid. That is the number one reason. We fear people's rejection. We fear how people are going to think about us, and it paralyzes us. The second reason we don't share boldly is because we feel like we're not capable. Like, I just don't think I can do it. And so we, we struggle. And, and I want to say, and I'm going to explain this in a second, that's true, and it's not true at the same time. But that's one, part of the reason when we talk to people. I, I'm not able to do it. The third reason that we don't share boldly is because we don't care. Now, this one I'm just going to take a, a minute on. Because this is a hard one to hear. How many of you liked hearing that? You don't care. You're like, well, yeah? Don't tell me I don't care. <laughs> well, the Holy Spirit told me I don't care, so I'm going to tell you you don't care. So, but a few years ago, I literally was just having my own personal time with God being challenged by his scripture to me. And this is the voice I feel like I heard God say to me. And this is so hard to say. But I feel like I needed to admit, I'm okay with people going to hell as long as we get along. And that's the truth of my heart. Is it the truth of your heart? Do you, do you have people that you love Workers, coworkers, neighbors, friends, family members, and you've never said anything to them. And why? You know, um, I don't know if you guys know Penn Gillette. He's the magician, the famous magician that works down in, in, uh, in Las Vegas. And we've shared this before here, but if you haven't heard this, it's an amazing story. 
because he's an atheist. And he would just said, and, and you can watch this, look at on, on, on YouTube, but he just said, you know, people always say people shouldn't proselytize, which means you shouldn't witness, you shouldn't share your faith. He goes, I think that's crazy. He said, can I just tell you something? He goes, if you actually believe that there's a heaven and a hell, and you believe that I actually have to receive Jesus Christ to actually get there, he goes, how much do you got to hate someone to not tell them? That came from an atheist. <laughs> and, and I'll never forget one of my best friends back in Michigan, when she came to Christ, she, she came alive, and the power of the Holy Spirit was filled, her. she was so excited. And so she went to work, and she actually put her Bible out on her desk. <laughs> and she said one time a coworker came by who she had worked with for a long time, and he came by, and he got up close to her, and she said, he said, are you a Christian? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, me too. And she goes, and you never told me? <laughs> See, you guys, I, I, just, I just, part of what we need, I just confessed, and I need to confess this. And let's be as honest as we can. Why am I not sharing the best news on the planet with people I say are my friends and I care about? And I think we just need to be honest and say, the truth is, I guess I don't care at least not enough to do anything about it, all right? Here's the fourth reason we don't share boldly, because we give in. I, again, I believe we actually want to. There's something inside of us, I want to, and then all of a sudden the fear rises up, or all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't know if I can do it, and next thing you know, you, you give in, and, you, and to your flesh, you give in to your fears, and you don't do it. And here's the last reason, the fifth reason why we don't share boldly, is because we feel like we don't need to. We actually kind of believe it's not our responsibility. Well, here's you go. I've got some great news, okay? Here's what I want to remind you. Your greatest joy will be somebody else's joy. And, listen, here's what you've got. We've got to own this today. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And Jesus says, and he will empower you, and you will be my witness. Is that good news? Okay, now here's the deal. He didn't say, get out there and go for it. He said, depend on my spirit. Admit, you guys, I st two weeks ago I talked about this. The three things, the first thing you've got to understand is you have to be able to say, I can't do it. I can't do it. That's what Peter didn't know. He's like, I can do it, and then he couldn't do it. But then you read Peter later, and he's like, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit filled me, and now I can do it. <laughs> so the first thing you got to say is, I can't do it, but you can, you can, and you will. Now, I just want to read for you 2 Timothy chapter 1, and just, I'm just going to go through this and watch. In these three verses, all five of our fears, the Holy Spirit addresses them. The Scripture tells you, okay? And, and I'm, I just want to share with you, my hope for today is I just want all of us to understand who is the Holy Spirit and what is he doing inside of me, okay? In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul is writing his young, young person, and Timothy actually is a timid guy. And here's what he says. Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, 
join with me in suffering for the gospel, look at this, by the power of God. He saved us and he called us to live a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Let me go through these five really quick and look what the scripture says. Why don't we do it? Because we're afraid. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit's not afraid, (laughs) y'all. He's not afraid. He has zero fear. There is no fear in God, and he's in you. So the Holy Spirit will give you courage. So what do you do when you're afraid to share? You go to God, you go, God, I'm afraid. I can't do it. But I know you have no fear. And then you ask the Holy Spirit, God, please fill me with your spirit. And the spirit empowers you, and he gives you the courage. That's how this works. You don't try to do it. You ask for help from the Holy Spirit because he has no fear. He possesses what you don't. Number two, you can say, well, I'm not capable. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit's capable. He's absolutely capable. So the Holy Spirit gives you power. That's what the scripture said. You didn't give a spirit of fear. You have a spirit of power. And that, and you guys, so again, we just say, but God, I just can't do it. Well, then say that. You guys, you know what power, just the word actually means? It literally means ability. The Holy Spirit gives you the ability. So you say, God, I'm weak and I can't. You guys ever been able to do something you couldn't do before? I remember as a kid, high school kid, man, I wanted to dunk a basketball. Will Green, right? Like, I want to, anybody else have that dream you could dunk a basketball? (laughs) And I couldn't quite do it. I'd put sticky stuff on my hand so I'd grip the ball, but I couldn't do it. One year I was working for the city parks, and every day after I came home from work, I had jeans on and work boots. And for a half hour, I just jumped off my left feet, left leg for 15 minutes, and then my right foot for 15 minutes. And I just, every day, every day, I kept doing it. And I'll never forget, I finally got to go to the gym and just play some hoops with some friends. I'm like, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. And I went up in this ball, and bam, and I slammed it. And I'm like, this is joy, right? Like when you, all of a sudden, can do something you couldn't do before. Can I just encourage you guys? The Holy Spirit will empower you to share boldly. If you've never been able to do it before, Jesus Christ says this to you point blank. So what do you got to do? You got to say, God, I can't do it. Holy Spirit, you are able. Empower me to do it. The third one, I don't care. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit cares. It's the Spirit of Jesus Christ, you guys. And Jesus cared so much that he laid down his life and died for every person you know. If you are struggling to have that love inside of your heart, the Holy Spirit gives you his love. Romans 5 says, God pours his love into your heart through the Holy Spirit that he gives you. And if you have the courage to be honest enough with yourself and with God, and just say, God, I confess to you. I don't love like you love. Then he goes, then I'll give you my love. If you don't have the love, I'll give you my love. Ask me for it. Quit trying to love. And just be honest and say, I don't love. And then ask the Holy Spirit and God will pour his love into your heart. And God's love 
has no fear. Mere fear doesn't stand a chance about sharing your faith with somebody else when God's love comes inside you. It will drive out your fear, and you'll do it. Fourth one, I give in. Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't give in. (laughs) He doesn't. The Holy Spirit gives you self-discipline. It's not a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of self-discipline. You have the ability to do it, and that's all that means. That word simply means you actually can think correctly so that when outside sources, whether it's your flesh or the world or working against you, and you want to do it, I want to do it, but oh, then you give in. The Spirit says, I can give you the ability to think rightly and to think correctly and not budge. And so if you give in, just say, God, I'm weak. He goes, I know, but my spirit's not. And then the last one, we say, I don't need to. Well, I think the Holy Spirit would beg to differ. We do need to. And the Holy Spirit sanctifies us, you guys, and all that means is he saved us, right? The verse says, he saved us and he called us to a holy life. This is what God's called by his purpose, and God's purpose is for every one of us who've received the eternal life, who've received the joy of having God's presence in us, his whole purpose was to now fill us up and have us go and tell every other person on this planet that he loves. So, how will we share boldly? Very quickly, here's what we, guys, if we're gonna walk out of here and not just hear a message, but actually take it and own it, here's three things you gotta do. Number one, you got to own it. How are you going to share boldly? You guys, if we're followers of Christ, we got to own it. You are filled with the Holy Spirit, and you are his witness. He has sent you and me. He has called you, and he's told every one of us to go and make disciples. It can't be any more clear than that. And so all of us in this room who actually know him, we just got to own it. I am a disciple of Jesus. I am a child of God. I am his vessel and the spirits inside of me to empower me to be his witness. That's who I am. You got to own it. Number two, you have to will it. You have to will it. Here's Here's the craziest thing about all this is nobody else can say, okay, I'll do it, except you. (laughs) You're the only one who can actually say, yes, God, I'll share, I'll be your witness. You actually have to will it. You're the only one who can actually surrender your life to Jesus. (laughs) Nobody else can do that for you. I can't push a button. (laughs) Your spouse can't push a button. So quit trying, y'all, right? You can't do it. You are the only one. And so, but here's what I love in Philippians 2.13, It says, but God works in you to will and to act in accordance with his good pleasure. So God will stir inside of you, and that's when you do you, but then you will it, and you say, God, I'll do it. And then the last thing, you own it, you will it, and I've been saying it all morning. You guys, then ask for it. Ask for it. Depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. Give your life to Jesus. Give him your weakness. Give him your fear. Give him your selfishness. Give him all of you. And he says, if you'll give me you, your real you, your weak, 
cracked, empty pot you. I'll fill you with my power. I can do this with anybody who will just say, Jesus, do it in me. And so let's start asking him, you guys. Your greatest joy is somebody else's joy. And there are people who need the life of God. They need his peace. They need his joy. They need his freedom. They need his love. They need his eternal life. And we're the hope of the world to share it with them. So we're going to ask for it. And I'm just going to close with this. These two verses, Philippians 1, 19 and 20 says this. Paul says, I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Do you guys see this? Paul goes, I am absolutely confident that I will have sufficient courage. And what's his confidence in? Himself? Nope. His confidence is that by your prayers and by God's provision of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, I will have courage. And I want to say, and then the last one is this. Ephesians 6, 18 and 19 says this. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly and boldly make known the mystery of the gospel. You guys, this is, such, this is so encouraging to me because here's what I know. If Paul needed other people to pray for him so that he had the courage to share boldly, then you and I need people to be praying for us. We ask for help and God gives it through his spirit. Don't rely on yourself. And quit shaming yourself because you can't do it. Just admit it. I can't do it, God. But will you do it in me? And he says, I will. Now, I'm going to just close this in prayer. But I do want to say this. There's so much. I do know that sometimes we don't share because we just go, man, I just don't know if I'm capable. I don't, this whole idea, I don't feel equipped to do it. So actually, next Sunday evening at 7 o'clock, we're just going to offer an equipping on how to actually share your story. How do you actually be a witness and how do you share the gospel? So if you're sitting here today and you're going, okay, I get it. I'm a follower of Jesus and I need to be giving my life away, but I don't know how to do it. Seven o'clock next Sunday, be here and we'll equip you to do it, all right? But here's how we want to close. I just want to pray for you. <laughs> and I want to ask that the Holy Spirit would empower you with his love, with his grace, with his mercy, to help you be what you are. You are his witnesses to this world, all right? Let's stand together. Let me pray for us. Father, all of us who know you today, we sit here and we stand here now and we just say thank you, God, for empowering whoever it was that shared the gospel with me. Thank you for filling them with your love Thank you that they loved us enough to share it. God, would you even bless those people who you used to share the good news so that we could actually come to know you and receive you into our life. 
And now, Lord, I just want to pray for all of us who know you, all of your children, that you would take your word today, that we who have received you, we who have received the Holy Spirit, we also receive power, and we will be, Jesus, we will be your witnesses. God, on behalf of everybody who knows you and follows you, who's filled with you today, I just say, on behalf of everyone, we own it, God. We own it. We are your witnesses. We are your voice into this world. And God, we say to you, and Lord, I, I just want to encourage all of you who are willing to say this. Will you will it now? Will you say to Jesus, even right now in this moment, I will share the good news. I will be your witness to the people that in my life, God, I will do it. And now, God, we ask you, we ask you, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your power. Fill us with the self-discipline. God, give us what we don't possess in ourselves. Help us to take that step into this world that needs your love so bad. And I pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all, so next week we're going to close this series with its power to come together. That's the next thing that the Holy Spirit does. But here's what I want to let you know before you go. Um, I actually do. I've asked my wife and I've asked some of the rest of our leadership team. If you are one of those followers of Jesus who's like, I really do want to do this. There are people in my life that I love so much and you just haven't had the ability to do it. We would actually like to pray for you. Because again, if Paul needed it, we realize, so then we need it too. And so if you would like to individually actually be prayed for, for the specific purpose that you have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do this, we'll be up here on the stage as soon as the service is over, and you can come on up and we will pray for you, for the Holy Spirit, to give you the power to do it. All right? God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great, great Sunday afternoon.